Welcome to General Conference Review, the podcast where we provide peanut gallery commentary and sometimes thought-provoking analysis of the semi-annual General Conference of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Hosted by a team of experienced and professional individuals. Well, maybe not professional, more like average, like very average and kind of knowledgeable. Our podcast offers an average Joe's insight and reflections on the teachings and doctrines presented during the conference. But we don't stop there. We also encourage our listeners to review the conference talks for themselves in order to gain the fullest understanding and benefit from the messages shared. As a Christian podcast, we strive to to create an engaging and informative experience for listeners of all backgrounds, drawing on the desire to follow the prophets and, and apostles, which offer a unique perspective on the teachings of Jesus Christ. Join us as we explore the latest teachings and messages from the leaders of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and dive deep into the spiritual insights that can be gained from studying the words of the prophets. Hello and welcome back to General Conference Review. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Todd Bruce, and joining me is my good friend, Kevin Beamer. How are you doing, Kevin? I'm doing ecstatic. Ooh, he's ecstatic. I, I like that one. It's good. I used, I went through a stretch where I was outstanding. I used to say, man, outstanding. Um, so you're like one of those farmers outstanding in his field? Just outstanding in the field. I don't know what I'm doing out here, but I'm outstanding. Yeah. <laughs> I came up with ecstatic when I went to say fantastic again. and just <laughs> you, you panicked. You're like, oh, no. I said I would never use that again. Um, yeah. Well, it's good to be with you. I'm glad that you're ecstatic. I'm, I would even be fine if you were uh, outstanding or fantastic. Um, today we're uh, we're talking about uh, Elder D. Todd Christofferson's talk, "The Ceiling Power," from October 2023 General Conference, the uh, Saturday morning session. Uh, now, for those who are unfamiliar with the talk, uh, he talks about the ceiling power of the Melchizedek Priesthood. Uh, the quick tag on the, right underneath the, the the title of the talk is. The ceiling power makes individual salvation and family exaltation universally available to the children of God, uh, which you know kind of sums up this talk a little bit, but uh, we're going to go into it anyway. Uh, he starts, he goes, It has been prophesied since at least the days of Isaiah that in the latter days the Lord's ancient covenant people, the house of Israel, should be gathered in from their long dispersion, from the isles of the sea, from the four parts of the earth, and restored to the lands of their inheritance. President Russell M. Nelson has spoken often and powerfully about this gathering, calling it the most important thing taking place on earth today. Uh, I remember when he gave that, when he first was called as a prophet, he he, he did the youth battalion, or he, he formed the youth battalion, he invited all the youth to join it. Uh, I think I was in stake in men's at the time, so I went to the fireside. Uh, and he, I remember that line, the most important thing taking place on the earth today, and I I remember thinking, there's no way. There's like way more. <laughs> there's way more important things uh, that happened on this earth. And then I was, as I was reading in it, it's he didn't say it's the most important thing to ever happen on the earth. It's the most important thing taking place on the earth today. You know, clearly there's important things that have happened, but to, but the most important thing today uh, is that. And actually, I read this quote today. It kind of wrinkles my oh. bra- wrinkles my brain, uh, and it was. And it was a uh, stake conference. Uh, it was a general authority shared this uh, that was shared by President Nelson. And he said, there are two things that need to happen 
before the second coming. Uh, gathering of Israel, and then Jesus returning. <laughs> we were like, oh, holy man, okay, there's not a lot of things that, need, that are left to happen. <laughs> let's, get, there you go. let's get gathering. <laughs> uh, yeah, and you're, you love talking about, right, this is something we've talked about before, where the Lord's preparing his people for this. You've definitely made some, had some good insight about that. Yep. But it, it's interesting, like, the purpose of the gathering of Israel, which we'll talk about a little bit. Uh, but right now, it's important, this gathering of Israel. But mostly, it's just God making sure his children are loved and that they have an opportunity to partake of these blessings. And so I think that's sort of, right? We know that's working the glory. Yeah. <laughs> to bring to pass the immortality and eternal life of man. So like, I would suggest that that's probably almost always the most important thing taking place on earth uh, is God accomplishing his goals. Yeah. Keeping his promises, right? Yeah. Yeah. I just, it just, it just makes sense. And when you, when you hear it though, you're first like, what? No. What? No. Oh, wait a minute. I like, like, I, I don't even know what the gathering of Israel is. How could it be the most important thing? <laughs> That's right. Like when, uh, <laughs> when, you, when you think five years ago or ten, six or seven years yeah. ago, you're like, I, I'm not even entirely sure what the gathering. Of, yeah. I was still <laughs> under the illusion that like Israelites were hanging out in Antarctica and they had to march back and we're gonna, we were going <laughs> to find them again. And anyway, well, not yeah. quite. That was when I was a kid, not quite five years ago, but out of the water, like lost city of Atlantis. Yeah, style. like they're they're yeah. the hollow earth theory. They're hanging out down there, lost yeah. down in the earth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh that's not what we believe <laughs> no not at all uh, uh uh he continues a couple paragraphs later where he says most importantly the gathering is for the purpose of bringing the blessings of salvation and exaltation to all who will receive them it is how the covenant promises given to abraham are realized so way back way back in the day uh we had this lovely uh father abraham and he was promised some blessings. And most of the time, we do not actually know what that Abrahamic covenant is, but it gets quoted lots. And this gathering of Israel is how it's going to happen. But it's pretty much just bringing salvation and exaltation to all who will receive them. And that's what this is. So, you know, the work and the glory. <laughs> it's how he... He keeps his his promises. God will keep his promises. Uh, our posterity is going to be great uh, because that's what Abraham was pro promised. Uh, we'll have the priesthood because that's, that's what Abraham was promised. Uh, yeah. we'll, we'll have salvation and exaltation because that's what Abraham was promised. But you and I, you know, uh, are members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. We've gone to the temple. We've been endowed with power. We've uh, gone through the sealing uh, covenant, sealing ordinances, but what about everyone else? And that's mm -hmm. what the gathering of Israel is about. It's that line about doing anything on both on either side of the veil to help somebody to draw closer to the Lord. Uh, mm -hmm. And it's it's significant. It's you know it's helping people who cannot help themselves. I actually um, got got uh, you know it's been a, it's been a chill week at work. Uh, all the bosses are away, and all my work is done, and I, I, I could tie into new stuff, or I can 
I can do some uh, government jobs, I call them. It's my own personal stuff. But I thought, I got to look at family history. I haven't looked at it in a while. And I got like like four hours into it and somebody came to visit. And I'm like, well, I guess I should probably do some work today. <laughs> Not too family history at work. But uh, it's it's that spirit of Elijah. It catches you and you get going and you're like, oh, man. Yeah. Um, Anyway, it's it's uh, it, it was it was it's neat to get into it again. Uh, a plug on that for those listeners that haven't been in the Family Search recently, uh, give it a try. It's constantly changing and updating. Like if you haven't even been in it for a year, there are probably some significant changes that have happened in that time frame. It's actually really cool, really interesting stuff, and. Give it a go. Give it a try. Well, and and the neat thing. So last time I was I was doing any kind of uh, family history was, oh, I got I was on shift, so it's got to say seven or eight years ago, and I was heavily on ancestry and like comparing with family search and ancestry. And now there's been so much indexing done in the last seven or eight years that it's much easier to find documentation. It's yeah. like it's it was I was like. It wasn't this easy before. What the heck? You know, what's going yeah. on? And then I realized, oh, it's because so much indexing has been done. I it's making. Yeah. I like eight years ago, I was stumped at this generation, and this yeah. week I went three generations further. Like, yeah, indexing super helpful though. Hey, yeah, it was uh, it was pretty cool. Anyway, so now we got extra names we got to go to the temple for, and uh, I'm sure That's my I'm sure my folks will be on my case about it. Be like, what the? Where'd you find these names? But they're not yeah. they're not an ancestry. They're just using family search, and mm. uh, and ancestry's kind of got some cool things about it too. So I don't know. Try it all. It's, it's all good. Just start somewhere. But the reason it's so important is is uh, everyone needs a chance to have the the, the promises the, those Abrahamic promises uh, manifest in their life if they accept them, and uh, part of that is that welding link of being sealed to your family, you know, each link in that chain uh, strengthens that chain. And uh, here he, he continues on, he goes, we tend to think of the sealing authority as applying only to certain temple ordinances, but that authority is necessary to make any ordinance valid and binding beyond death. The sealing power confers a seal of legitimacy upon your baptism, for example, uh, so, so that it, it is recognized here and in heaven. And and uh, this is where our power and authority of the priesthood is so critical and so key. It talks in here about uh, the keys fall to the president of the church uh, for the sealing. And uh, for, for many priesthood ordinances now, that gets delegated and delegated and delegated until you end up with state, state presidents and bishops and elders quorum presidents that have keys uh, for their ward. Uh, but like a baptism, you cannot do a, bapt a, a child of record baptism without uh, the bishop's approval. Uh, and and the bishop should be present, or a member of the bishopric should be present. And if you don't get the bishop's authorization, and you just go and perform a baptism, it's not legitimate. It's not valid. And uh, and so it's important to, to to follow that that process, and that, that's why the stealing power and and having the keys and the authority are so important in, on the earth today. And not that anyone's going to stand in the way of anyone getting baptized. I don't, can't imagine that's going to happen, but. Um, Anyway, he carries on. There's another vital purpose in the gathering of Israel that has special meaning when we talk about sealing on earth and in heaven. That is the building and operation of temples. We talked a little bit about that, but uh, um, <clears throat> the temples, they're so, 
Uh, there's so many things done in those temples, and our youth love to go to the temple. Uh, and I can't wait for them to go to go do endowments and and go to do sealing ordinances and and whatnot. But um, I I love the sealing ordinance. I love I love all the all the ordinances, but the sealing ordinance to me, the reason it's the pinnacle ordinance is that every other covenant that we make in the gospel of Jesus Christ is between us and Heavenly Father, and He's perfect. And he's not going to welch. He's not going to make mistakes. There's no forgiveness on our end that we have to really forgive Heavenly Father for anything, right? Usually, if, there's a, if, we, if we have to forgive him, it's because, you know, we made a mistake and we hardened our hearts and um, are mad at him about something. And part of forgiving ourselves is, is all that. But the sealing or, ordinance, that covenant, is the only ordinance that we make with another human being, with our spouse, and they aren't perfect, and we aren't perfect, and both parties have to un- learn and understand forgiveness. Uh, and then they have kids, and they really have to understand forgiveness and, <laughs> and, and, and love and unconditional love. And, like, I can think of no better way to learn to become like our heavenly parents than through the sealing ordinance. Yeah, it's, an imp- it's a pretty important thing, and it, I think often of – how we kind of like to be like a throwaway society. I, I tend to think of this as yeah. uh, everything's what single use sort of idea. And I know that's not how everyone is, blah, blah, blah. But there's a prevailing feeling of that. And when we hopefully enter into this wonderful uh, ceiling relationship with our spouse, we take it a little more seriously which means that we're not just going to throw it away because we're frustrated with them or because one of them is struggling, etc. that we'll put in the effort to fix this problem, to grow, to become better. Uh, because by, by nature, I'm pretty lazy. I don't want to do anything most of the time. So uh, uh, it's important to have this accountability in general in life. And I find that when we're sealed together with our spouse and our children, it lends us to put more effort into it. I hope at least that's my hope. I, I think it gives more, more uh, foundation to the, the why's why we do things mm-hmm. and it makes it easier for us to, to, you know, like <clears throat> you speak, you know, you're talking about being lazy and I, I, uh, I'm a master procrastinator. If I don't do something, if I don't make it a priority to get it done, I'm going to procrastinate to the last possible minute uh, because that's just how I'm wired. But um, if something is important, we're going to get it done sooner. And if and if we it stays in the forefront of our mind and it becomes a priority, uh, yeah. we're not going to procrastinate it. We're not going to be lazy about it. We're going to give it the appropriate attention, right? And and uh, that's where the sealing ordinance and sealing covenant and, and our spouse should be yeah. a, a, a significant priority in our life. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Elder Christofferson continues a little bit later. He says, the validity that the sealing power gives to priesthood ordinances includes, of course, vicarious ordinances performed in the place designated by the Lord, his temple. Here we see the majesty and sacredness of the sealing power. It makes individual salvation and family exaltation universally available to the children of God wherever and whenever they may have lived on the earth. 
No other theology or philosophy or authority can match such an all-inclusive opportunity. This sealing power is a perfect manifestation of the justice, mercy, and love of God. So this is talking about like the temple. Temple looks after everybody, and there's these wonderful ordinances that we can do that impacts generations and our future generations, and all these things. There's just some importance there. So, as members, we need to get there. <laughs> Would you do a wonderful job, Todd? That's uh, about the only good thing I could say about. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's one of the many good things that you do. We we try we try to get there. It's it's yeah it's not easy. It's it's a challenge some some months, but uh, yeah. uh, whatever we, we it's, if it's a priority, you'll make it work. Make it happen. Yeah. Bye. Um, yeah, it's, it's, I like this line here. You read it, but, um, no other theology or philosophy or authority can match such an all-inclusive opportunity. And I liked it because I was reading, well, I think I listened to another podcast and they were talking about, I think it was some apocryphal writings and in it, it talks about how Jesus Christ went, um, the harrowing of hell i think it was talking about and and basically going down into um the afterlife and and saving all the people who want wanted to be saved and this was this was christ in those three days right when he was crucified and he was yeah. other sheep i have he was help, going and running around helping everybody and um and it's all inclusive it's it's open to anybody and everybody and I cannot think of a greater uh, manifestation of uh, grace than to give people second chances in this life or in the next. Yeah. It's just, I, I love it. Anyway, uh, he carries on here a little bit further down. He goes, the commitment to aid one another across the veil can be classified as a covenant promise, part of the new and everlasting covenant and that's something that we can do for others. And I, I, you don't do it so that for recognition or you don't do it for whatever, but I am confident that when we get to the other side of, of the veil, that the, the names that we witnessed be baptized or we or, or that we submitted to, to family search so that names that, so that the work can be done. Or if we were part of a ceiling, I, I'm confident that those people, if, if they're, if they're there and they're waiting for this, uh, I, I'm, I believe that they're present for those ordinances and that they have committed these people to memory. I'm going to chase them down and thank them after. Um, mm -hmm. But it's, and it's not about the thanks, but it's, it's a, it's a, it's a role we can play for somebody else who cannot do it for themselves. Yeah. We get to be saviors on Mount Zion to help people get there. You know, we're not, we're, 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 we're not saving them ourselves. It's Christ that's saving them, but we're, we're, we're doing, putting the work in and helping them get there. Mm -hmm. um, he carries on. We talked about this already, but the highest and holiest manifestation of the sealing power is the, is in the eternal union of a man and a woman in marriage and the linking of humankind through all their generations. And this is you know, back to family history. And this is back to like, you know, get it sealing couples together. Like it's, it's uh, it's critical. It's needed. Uh, we just have to make sure it's a, a priority. And uh, because of this level of priority that that you know the prophets and apostles are putting on it. Oh, bless you. Oh, bless you again. That should 
uh, tell us how important our spouses should be to us in case we forgot. Uh, yeah, yeah. And one of the things about being part of this program, uh, this part of this work, is you don't have to have a temple recommend to do family history. So even if that's something that you're not able to have at this moment in time, you can still partake in this and achieve some of these blessings and help others. My dad was talking about the other day and with how indexing is now, he's been getting back into it again, is they'll tell you when the work was done for the name that you indexed. Nice. So you'll actually get notifications that this was done at this temple or and this really interesting. So you can track some of the work uh, through indexing that you've done and see who you've been able to help. So index. Uh, if you're here, Todd's already talked about how wonderful it was, all the indexing that's been done across the way so that he could do some extra work. Uh, really, really fun, simple thing. Well, and uh, um, I haven't seen it recently, but I was talking to somebody and they said that, the, I don't know if it was BYU or, or the church was developing an app that if you just had a few minutes, you can log in and it will just say give you like a word. One word that's like written out or a name that's that's ty- that's typed out or not typed out it would be it would be uh, handwritten out or whatever and you just have to be like yeah. you know one word at a time one name at a time one city at a time and you can mm-hmm. just sit there like you're doing duolingo nice. and and just do you know whatever little part you can and and like man the all those little efforts will add up uh you know dramatically and when you think about like the number of temples on the earth today compared to uh, 20 years ago 40 years ago and when you yeah. think about like this exponential growth curve that we're looking at, and yeah. it's not unreasonable to say we could be have we could have five hundred temples on the earth in ten years time, and yeah. it's not unreasonable to say we'd have a thousand in twenty years time, and mm-hmm. you know that you know we're not doing temples on the uh, dotted across the land just for the sake of it. There's work being done in each of these temples, yeah. and and we're being efficient with the time in the temple, like. Just because Cardston and Calgary have both have temples and they're going to put one in Lethbridge doesn't mean there's any less sessions. It's the same number yeah. of sessions happening. Um, so this work needs to get done. There need, we need names so that we can go and do the work. And uh, yeah. we, then we need people going to the temple to do the work. Like it's, it's, That's right. They feed into each other, but it's, it's speeding up. It's, uh, it's ramping up. It's getting important. There we go. There's a, a quote here I'm going to read from Gordon B. Hinckley, and then I'll, turn, I'll, I'll let you go. Uh, yeah, I, just, I just read it and it just stuck out to me. He goes, I have said, this is Gordon B. Hinckley uh, being quoted, quote, I have said many times that if nothing else came out of all the sorrow and travail and pain of the restoration, then the, then the sealing power of the holy priesthood to bind together families forever, it would have been worth all that it has cost, unquote. When you think about all the pain and sorrow that, is, that has happened in the last, you know, 100 or 200 years, uh, you know, if if that's all we got out of it, it would have been worth every effort. And uh, again, which should indicate to us the the important the importance level of this. Yeah. Well, and Elder Christopherson continues just on a little bit where he talks about that importance. He says we can see why marriage between a man and a woman is ordained of God, and that the family is central to the Creator's plan for the eternal destiny of His children. At the same time, we recognize that in the imperfect present, this is not the reality or even a realistic possibility for some, but we have hope in Christ. 
While we wait upon the Lord, President M. Russell Ballard reminds us that scriptures and Latter-day Prophets confirm that everyone who is faithful in keeping gospel covenants will have the opportunity for exaltation. <clears throat> Some have experienced unhappy and unhealthy family circumstances and feel little desire for an eternal family association. Elder David A. Bednar made this observation. To you who have experienced the heartache of a divorce in your family or felt the agony of violated trust, please remember that God's pattern for families begins again with you. One link in the chain of your generations may have been broken, but the other righteous links and what remains of the chain are nonetheless eternally important. You can add strength to your chain and perhaps even help to restore the broken links. That work will be accomplished one by one. Uh, this is an interesting thing because we know that it's important, but I do like that there's always like this, uh, our Father in Heaven's built in a safety net mm -hmm. that if this doesn't work out, how we hope it does i've still got you covered and that's to me a lot of what the atonement is if it doesn't work out how it would be best i will i will step in and look after you uh so sometimes this is obviously something that could be very concerning for someone to have this this important thing that we push this big important thing about being sealed to your family and not being able to partake of that or having that and then having it broken. Uh, but still, this God of love that we have, our loving Heavenly Father, uh, this is what we think is the best way to have this happy eternal destiny for, for children. But um, if it doesn't work out, but if, <laughs> I'll look after it. <laughs> and so I do appreciate that, uh, Elder Christopherson. Yeah, absolutely. I, I appreciate that he says it too. And, and it's a, a thing that come, has come up in the office uh, um, on both ways. I've had people that said, I'm, I'm sealed or married to this person and we're, we're married to the temple. And I just don't know if I can be married to them for eternity. <laughs> and I'm like, well, <laughs> well no. I just said, and, and, and then on the flip side, I've had other people in the office say, my spouse will not go to the temple to save my life. Like, they care that little about me. They just aren't interested. They don't want to be sealed to me. How am I going to get sealed to my kids? Like, I yeah. want, and, and in both cases, I just remind them that God is a loving and just God. He's not going to force you to be sealed to somebody that you don't want to be sealed to. And if you... Uh, couldn't be sealed to somebody because of a family condition, because of the decision of somebody else. I'm confident that there will be provisions made or, or, or it'll be managed in some way. Uh, you know, now, having said that, if we choose to not deal with it and choose to not manage it in this life, I think that you know, there's aggravating circumstances and mitigating circumstances. Choosing to not deal with it is aggravating not being able to deal with it because a spouse is unwilling is a mitigating circumstance. You know, uh, you know, I'm not going to pretend to judge or, or be, be God or, or but in my head, that's just how it has to work. You know, mm -hmm. he, he's, he's a loving and just God. He, he'll want all of us there who will want to be there. And I think there'll be provisions, provisions made. Um, you know, having said that the ceiling is critical. It's key. And, and it's illustrated here. He shares a story uh, of Elder Holland. Uh, 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 he quote, quotes Elder Holland at uh, Sister Holland's funeral. Uh, he says here, In the funeral services for Sister Pat Holland, wife of Elder Jeffrey R. Holland, 
Last July, President Russell M. Nelson taught, in time, Patricia and Jeffrey will be reunited. They will be joined, later be joined by their children and their covenant-keeping posterity to experience the fullness of that joy that God Sorry, the fullness of joy that God has in store for his faithful children. Knowing that, we understand that the most important date in Patricia's life was not her birth date or her death date. Her most important date was June 7, 1963, when she and Jeff were sealed in the St. George Temple. Why is this so important? Because the very reason the earth was created was so families could be formed and sealed to each other. Salvation is an individual matter, but exaltation is a family matter. No one could be exalted alone. And uh, sorry, I said it was Elder Holland, but it's actually um, President Nelson. But which doesn't surprise me because I, I've been reading his book and <laughs> and or his uh, autobiography by or biography from um, Sherry Dew. And in it, there's the story when he gets called to be state president, and even the general authorities didn't want to call him because he's so busy. He was such a busy surgeon, and you know he had. Eight, yeah. eight kids by that point and like all the things it just didn't didn't make sense so they were like i know you're busy and you're all this and that and they're in in calling them they're almost talking trying you know talking them out of it like um they're giving excuses to say no or justification to say no and he just said the same what he read here or what i read here that he goes no i made i made a commitment when i was sealed to my wife that i would i would um covenants to do everything i can to build up the kingdom of god on the earth and i i want to be sealed to my wife forever and that means i have to do the things and i'm ha i will happily serve and mm -hmm. uh anyway that story continues he he went from a 25 percent mortality rate to a two percent mortality rate uh and significantly reduced time with his patients post-op uh because of that and it freed up a lot of sorts of time for him to to be to be a surgeon and a father and a state president. It was kind of a neat, neat story in there, but yeah, I, w I wouldn't say lots of time, but more time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, uh, sorry, yeah, I'll amend that. Uh, uh, time. Yeah, <laughs> he had some time. <laughs> he had a little more time. He had yeah, yeah. fractionally more time than he would have had otherwise. No, sounds pretty busy. He yeah. was he was a very busy guy, but he is a priority, and he needs the and so that you know again, if it matters to the prophet and it matters to Sister Holland, who are uh, both fine, upstanding people who we should all strive to be more like. Uh, what does that tell us about us, and what how important that should be to us, and then how important those covenants that we made should be to us mm -hmm. right not yeah. not just when we're in the temple but like uh, you know when when it's not convenient not easy yeah. yeah 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 uh a little while later elder christopherson sort of ends with this he's talking about ceilings and ordinances and all those wonderful things and he says this is the ultimate step in gathering the covenant people it is the highest privilege of your membership in the church of jesus christ I promise that as you faithfully seek that privilege in time or eternity, it will surely be yours. I'm talking about that family history work and then those ordinances done in the temple. Um, <laughs> the highest privilege of your membership in the church. That's a kind of a big statement. Yeah, that's strong language. But, yeah, I've not, I've not heard that uh, in other capacities about this. So there's maybe a little more importance that sometimes we're not figuring out with regards to this temple work in general. Uh, so I would just urge you, if you've not been to the temple for a while, 
take a look and see if there's something that you can do to either get to the temple or not start there. Start with doing some family history. Uh, hopefully that's a little easier way to w wade into that water. And then sort of see how that impacts your life. Because it will impact your life, which is what's really interesting. <laughs> and I bear testimony of that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. I'll, I'll echo that 100%. Uh, there's a, there's something that everyone can do, and uh, family history work isn't just for your retired grandma. It's for it's for anybody and everybody who has a, a few minutes to be able to put into it. Uh, and I'll tell you what, there's there's way more satisfaction in, in plugging away on family history work than there is on defeating a couple levels on Angry Birds or Candy Crush. Um, so like look yeah. look into it, figure it out. You got family history consultants in every single. Uh, ward in 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 the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Uh, call yours up. Go down. Figure out what you need to do and how you can start doing this. A little bit of indexing or a little bit of uh, chasing down your your four generation chart or just. Uh, my brother was texting me today. He goes, him and his son. His son just turned eight, and they were looking at their their line, uh, independent of me looking at our line. Like it was kind of funny that way. But he said he got he got uh, chasing back, and they said they got back to like. The Bible, and I was like, "That's what my my other brother was like." Uh, I don't want to call that into question, but um, <laughs> yeah, I wonder about the legitimacy of some of those entries. <laughs> and uh, anyway, I just said that is cool. I I think when I looked at it one time, I found a person that lived from like 400 AD to 800 AD. Oh wow, that's a long time to live. Um, yeah. But I think somebody was just trying to bridge a gap and then make a connection. But uh, yeah. anyway, the, 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 the work is moving forward. Those things will get sorted out. Uh, there's uh, millions upon billions of names that need to get done. And uh, actually, I don't know if I mentioned it, but last time we went to the temple with the youth, we got to do some Chinese names. And oh, really they, cool. they were like 800 AD, 600 AD. We were like, oh, wow. this person has been waiting a very long time. Let's do this. <laughs> like, we ran out. We ran out of uh, names that we brought, so we started doing temple file names, and we started yeah. getting to some of these names. And we're like, look how old these names are, yeah. and uh, these guys have been waiting forever. Let's get it done. And and uh, yeah. there is so many names out there, and there are records that are being found every month, week, every month, and uh, making genealogy possible in areas that we never thought possible. And uh, so dig into it, look into it, go to the temple. I promise there is nothing more important in this life uh, than than focusing on the gathering of Israel uh, uh, along with our families, tying our families to that gathering of Israel as well. Uh, get your family involved. And I leave that with you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Always a pleasure, Tom. Thanks, Kevin. It was a good night. Uh, love you, buddy. Have a good one. Bye. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to General Conference Review. We hope you've enjoyed our in-depth analysis and commentary on the latest conference talks from leaders of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. If you enjoyed our podcast, please consider subscribing and leaving us a review. But please remember, there is no substitute for your own personal study of the conference talks. We encourage you to read and ponder on these messages and to share your own insights and experiences with loved ones, friends, neighbors, and apply the teachings to help you become a better disciple of Christ. Together, we can deepen our understanding and appreciation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Thank you again for joining us on General Conference Review. We look forward to continuing the conversation with you in future episodes.